First things first on CMO Combo, all hail our new robot overlords. It's time to talk about AI. Specifically, we're going to be talking about how AI tools like ChatGPT are going to impact our approach to content marketing with Lindsay Boyajian Hagen, VP of Marketing at Conductor. But we're not just talking about whether bots are going to be taking over content creation. We're also going to be digging into how it might impact SEO and inbound marketing as a whole. Ready to find out if it's game over, Skynet has won, humans are no longer needed? Well, stay tuned to find out. This episode is sponsored by Dream Data. B2B content is high on most marketers' agendas these days, yet proving content's value in terms of dollars and deals presents a difficult challenge to many. This results in content being under-optimized, under-appreciated, and undervalued. Dream Data stops the guesswork and shows you whether your content is turning views into leads, prospects, and new business. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I say this on, well, I'm, I'm always excited for these conversations, but this conversation I'm particularly excited about because it pertains to quite a lot of stuff that I'm doing, quite a lot of stuff that's in the news, quite a lot of stuff that's affecting many CMOs and many marketers out there. And that's AI and content marketing. Everyone's seen it in the news. Everyone's trying out all these different tools. So I'm very excited to be drilling into that with you today. But before we do get started on all of that, Lindsay, maybe you could introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a bit about your background. Um, I mean, of course, it's an important topic, so everyone wants to talk about it, but why you want to talk about this topic in particular on the show? Yeah. So as mentioned, I'm the VP of marketing at Conductor. Uh, for those that may not know Conductor, we're an SEO and content marketing technology company. Um, we have been around for about uh, 15 years, so we have worked with thousands and thousands of companies on their um, content and their SEO strategies. And uh, AI and ChatGPT is really having a, a big impact on um, both of those areas. And so I'm excited to talk about it. I think what's happened in the last, I'll call it eight weeks or so around different AI tools and sort of the, the popularity of the topic. Uh, we've been fielding a lot of questions around um, what, the what the future of content is with all of this. So happy to bring this this combo and topic to, to your audience today. Definitely, definitely. So I see this as being sort of like a two-part conversation, Lindsay. Like first part, we'll look at how how is AI going to change how content's produced, like how in terms of the practicalities. And then the next half, we'll look at how it might affect its distribution because it all goes hand in hand, like with the, it, the rollout of ChatGPT and Bard into Bing and Google, it's going to change how SEO works. So that's going to be a very important topic. But let's talk about the reduction of content. Is AI just going to make all our content in the future? Is that where we're going? Are we at that point now even? Like, where are we right now? Yeah, I think that's when we saw ChatGBT um, first sort of come into popularity uh, a little while back. I think that was the first reaction that everyone had was, oh my God, we, well, we don't need content writers anymore. We don't need content marketers anymore. Um, but it's it sort of, it, it's far from that. Um, a lot of the AI uh, tools like ChatGBT and other ones um, are really helpful for things like doing research, um, drafting content, um, being sort of a, an assistant in the content creating process. But um, there is really no, I'd say, replacement for a, a content marketer or a content strategist. Um, but there's some great things that AI tools are good for in, a, in the content process. And if you think about sort of the the SEO or the search engine optimization world, um, some some different 
tasks or actions that come to mind where you can really use AI and get a lot of value on it. First, it starts with uh, the technical side of your site. So if your site is technically sound, if your content's technically sound, is a, is a big piece in, in determining if you're ranking on Google and other search engines. So how can you use AI to, um, uh, I'd say, firm up the technical side? Well, you can use it for things like generating schema, um, generating and helping with hreflang tags if you're thinking about international um, expansion. Um, you can use it to help uh, with link building, generating emails to uh, reach out to different maybe publisher partners that you want to work with. On the content optimization side, uh, you can use AI for things like updating and writing your title tags and meta descriptions. Um, if you want to repurpose content, you can use AI for taking a piece that you published um, maybe with a partner that you now want to publish um, on your site and you want to avoid duplication. Um, so there's a lot of great use cases um, when it comes to keyword research. You can use it to help you find related keywords, uh, keyword ideas, clustering, FAQs, and popular questions. So there's so many different use cases. Uh, but at the end of the day, it does not replace sort of the the content marketer in the in the role. Um, it's really an assistant in creating content. That, that's a relief to me as a content marketer. I'm sure it's a relief to many people in our audience. So it sounds like me. Sounds to me like AI is going to sort of help produce a lot of the ancillary stuff related to human produced content. As you mentioned, like the the link building, the the, um, the schema, the FAQs, all that stuff that sits around a nice piece of human produced content but is that type of content still going to be the same in the future how are we going to be able to distinguish between ai content and human content is that going to be important even um, moving forwards do you think yeah so google recently updated sort of their position on ai generated content um and so i think if you think about ai generated content there's definitely a place for it um and as you think about um, Google, what Google cares about in other search engines is they really care about high quality content. And what they don't want is low quality content. So whether it's AI generated or human generated, the, what they're not going to reward is bad content. They want original, high quality content that's really helpful. It puts the customer first. It helps answers questions. And so if you're creating content, whether it's through, again, AI or humans, um, it doesn't really matter as long as it is helpful. Um, what you cannot and should not use AI for is spam or um, low quality thin content, which I think is sort of tempting. You're like, oh, I'll just put in a prompt into ChatGPT, get something out of it. But if it's not unique and it's not helpful and it's low quality, it, it's not going to work. So there's definitely a place um, for AI, um, but it does not replace um um, high quality content. Um, it can definitely help augment content, but there's definitely a place for both AI and human generated content in the future. It, it sort of reminds me of, um, years ago in the, in the SEO space where you'd see websites that were clearly built just around spamming as many keywords as possible. And you could really tell the difference between those kinds of websites and the websites that were actually trying to generate effective content around those keywords that we're trying to capture. Is that a way of thinking about it like in terms of people who've got experience with SEO previously? Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. I mean, again, at the end of the day, um, 
it's all about quality, whether it's Google ranks for quality, your customers care about quality, and those things will always be prioritized. So um, that's what you should focus on. And um, our CEO at Conductor, Seth Besmertnik, always says um, the only algorithm that matters is the heart, mind, and soul of the customer. So if you're creating content for for that customer and it's really valuable, that will get rewarded no matter how algorithms are changing or AI is impacting the Google landscape. Um, at the end of the day, um, content and high value and high um, rel- high relevancy it con- type of content is uh, is the foundation um, that folks should be thinking about. I really like that quote that that the only algorithm that matters. That's a beautiful way of thinking about things. Like that's a way we have to think about marketing as a whole. That's wonderful. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, but it sounds to me like AI is here to stay in terms of the tools that content marketers are going to be using. Does that mean that it's going to be an integral part of the hiring process? Are people going to have to be looking out for people with sort of chat GPT skills now? Is that something that everyone's going to have on their resume in order to get the hires they want and and also for CMOs to get the teams that they want as well? Yeah. So a couple of thoughts on that. I think from like a content marketer standpoint, we're going to see the skill set change. So um, they're really going to shift from, or how how we see it is that content folks are going to shift from uh, more, less writers, but more editors and strategists. Um, So you can probably get a pretty good first draft from an AI uh, assistant or an AI generated tool, but you're really going to need a writer that has deep expertise in the space, um, that can, is a great editor, knows what type of uh, um, what type of topics are going to resonate. Um, because if you put sort of junk into the chat GPT, you're just going to get junk out. So you're going to need someone that has that strategist mind, can put a really good prompt in, get something out, and edit it. You're also going to need to focus on um, content. Your your content team's going to have to focus on things that AI can't generate. So you're going to need folks that can go deeper and technical. Um, and that can uh, generate the content, like maybe deep technical product content um, that an AI content, an AI creator won't be able to generate. So you're going to need to look for folks that are editors, more editor strategists, and then also folks that can go deep on technical. So you'll probably need a balance of those two two types of skill sets going forward um, when you're thinking about your content marketers. And to sort of answer the other part of your question, you're definitely going to need folks um, that are comfortable working with AI tools. Because as we said earlier, um, putting a prompt into an AI tool um, is a skill in itself. Um, you can't put something crummy into ChatGBT or uh, one of the other great tools out there and expect to get anything uh, helpful or that great back. Um, there's all sorts of posts about how to generate a great uh, AI prompt. Um, and so you're going to want folks that are familiar with that and have worked with it and their work have built that into their workflow um, and understand what they can and can't get out of an AI tool um, and makes them how an AI tool can make them more effective in their role. Interesting, interesting. So in terms of needing to adapt to these new skills and stuff, like how is an effective way of communicating this to existing teams that's not going to send everyone panicking. I mean, it's bad enough seeing in the news all these layoffs that are happening in a lot of firms at the moment. The last thing you want to think is that your skills and your experiences that you've uh, developed over years just aren't relevant anymore. How can CMOs 
communicate the need for change without causing everyone panicking, do you think? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you want a team that is very comfortable with testing and iterating, whether it's uh, the AI and what we're talking about here today or a hundred of the other things that are hopping in marketing every day. Things are changing so quickly and you need a team that can adapt. Um, And that's a huge skill set and just a team culture, um, uh, a piece of team culture that you want to ingrate in your team. Because the minute your team sort of uh, stops adapting, stops learning, stops growing, they're going to be 10 steps behind. Um, and so you really want to instill a culture of sort of testing and iterating. And with your content team in particular, um, this is less about, hey, you as a content team are going to be out of a job. But to what we spoke about earlier, it's more of like, hey, these tools will allow you to really um, to be more effective, do more with less. I mean, I don't, I you know, well, you're a content creator and you talk to a lot of content creators. There is a never ending to-do list for content folks. I mean, there's the, uh, the big research piece you want to do. There's all the emails you want to do as a B2B marketer. You have all the sales support you need to also do. You have your social media. I mean, the list goes on and there's just never enough content folks. And so for this to be able to take what you can do and give you 50% more bandwidth, um, but also maintaining that quality, it is huge and so again it's less about we're replacing our whole content team with ai and more about hey we're giving you the tools um to unlock more bandwidth and do more with the same amount of resources which every marketing team especially in today's economy is being asked to do i mean i i talked to a lot of a lot of folks um a lot of content leaders a lot of marketing leaders and they are the pressure to do more with less and see higher return on less spend or the same spend is um, is constant, um, again, especially in the economy. So if folks can uh, get, get some more uh, firepower behind them and have sort of this AI engine helping, um, doing things like drafting, um, doing things like social media copy, which can be really time consuming, um, to take all those little low-hanging things off their to-do list, I mean, your content team is just going to be able to do exponentially more. Um, and that's how I'm positioning with my team. I want them testing it. But let's find the best tools out there. Let's ha- let's uh, make you all experts in these different AI solutions out there. So one, you have the skills, like we talked about earlier, to, when you go to your next role, to um, uh, be proficient in this new technology and you're literate in these type of AI tools. And then also, let's figure out what's best so you can do more um, and you can unlock more of your um, creativity because when you're um, a lot of times if you're spending time just writing and banging out your to-do list, it doesn't leave a lot of time for the fun stuff, which is the creative stuff, the brainstorming. You're sort of just always in that to-do list. So I think it's really positive and it's just all about framing it and making making sure that folks are, to your point, aren't worried, um, but they see this as a really positive thing and a tool to help them do more. I mean, we've seen similar th- things like this in other roles within marketing in the past like the uh, photoshop didn't kill off the role of the artist in marketing like the camera didn't kill off the role of the artist in marketing as well but it is just about adapting with the times and adapting for the new tools available and seeing how they make them work best for you and yeah I, I think it is just maybe a perfect storm of difficult economic times and this new technology coming out that's making it quite difficult to communicate that kind of message clearly to people 
Put... Yeah, and it's not just oh and i was just going to say well it's not just for your content team like mm-hmm. there's I, I think um there's so many other types of applications for ai and marketing um there's uh, a bunch of different tools for creating ai generated images never going to replace your uh, a great designer but it's going to help again expand the bandwidth of what you can do with your design team um, so they're not, instead of them spending time generating social media images for every single blog post, they're spending time on big brand campaigns and doing bra- brainstorming for your next big flagship event. Um, so you're just unlocking pockets of creativity and bandwidth in different ways with these tools, not just on content, but also in other places as well. Great to hear. Great to hear. So that's, we've, I think we've covered a good amount of stuff when it comes to the actual content production. Let's talk about distribution and particularly SEO, as that is your your main wheelhouse, Lindsay. With Google and Bing saying that they're going to be incorporating generative AI into into query and response, how is that going to affect how SEO works? Like, a long tail keyword's going to be dead. Like, how if people ask questions, surely AI is just going to answer that for them. Like, how are you going to respond to that with website content? Yeah, I think. That- we're still definitely in the the early days of seeing how things like um google and bing are evolving in terms of their their search experiences um but i think one of the the folks that have been testing sort of bing um have been saying that even if you're you're typing some stuff into bing it's coming back with um sources and links to different types of content where um they got the answer from so i'd say for folks the the uh, advice we gave earlier around creating really high quality content um, is even more important because if Bing's only pulling back or Google's only pulling back a few different sources per long, a very long query, uh, it's really important that you have the best answer to that. So they're sorting and citing your content in their answer. And the traffic may go down. We'll see how, how again, these evolve over time. But the traffic that comes to your site through a query like that or something that's, again, written in um, very much in uh, less about keywords and more long tail and things like that, um, that traffic that maybe clips through to your site is probably going to be higher quality. So I think marketers are going to have to keep an eye on the maybe, maybe very freaked out at the beginning if they see uh, traffic dipping. But I think we're going to see the quality go up. So one of the things I would encourage folks is, in addition to creating high quality content, is making sure you have all of your um, telemetry in place so you can actually measure what's happening to that traffic when it comes through your site. So you can say, you know what, I'm not so freaked out because although this traffic, my organic traffic is maybe dropping and it may not, it may, depending on what industry you're in. You want to, if the quality is better, your conversion rates are getting better down the funnel, you're going to have a, a much better outcome that way as well. So I, I would say creating great con- quality content never, um, never goes away and it's never a bad idea. And then also having the measurement apparatus in place so you can actually tell what's happening to that content all the way down the funnel is going to be even more important than ever. So when it comes to trying to get, getting your, stuff quoted or sourced um, by the, the AI response. Are we going to have to be creating AI optimized content then? Is that what's good? Is that going to be something we're going to be looking at? Are we going to see AI EO <laughs> professionals? I'm trying to think of a better acronym off the top of my head, but 
Is that is that where we might be going in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I think it's too soon to tell. Um, again, I think we have Bing and Test. Uh, Google Bard has not been released yet. So yeah. all this stuff is still very new and, and definitely, I'll say, hot off the presses. Um, so it's hard to say, but it's definitely going to be um, about creating content that is um, optimized for um, the user's intent. So whether it's SEO or, as you said, AI SEO, um, the content that you're creating has to be relevant. It has to be high quality. Um, and those are that's the content that Google or Bing will reward um, and whether that's served up in a single chat GBT type experience or if there's something more familiar that continues to look like the the search engines we know today um, it won't matter what will matter is again the quality content that you're creating and we don't know yet what what are the the parameters for sort of AI SEO if you will um, but that'll be more to come and again I think it goes to what we talked about a little bit earlier is um, just having the right um, folks on your team that can adapt quickly um, to the changes in Google and Bing and user behavior um, will be sort of the the key. And we saw this a little bit during COVID. The the teams that sh- struggled to adapt during COVID with their marketing were teams that were maybe really outsourced or they weren't really um, agile. So they were sort of it took them. COVID broke out, their consumers changed their behaviors, and it took them six, 12 months to really adapt. The teams that will be successful, um, no matter what sort of changes in the new AI EO world, uh, will be the teams that can adapt quickly. And like we said earlier, it's all about creating a culture of testing, iterating, um, breaking down silos between your internal teams, maybe bringing some more stuff in-house so you can have a little bit more control about how agile you can be. So those are the things I would be thinking about um, as you're thinking about sort of the future of of organic search. And I suppose the the AI generation tools themselves will be allowing people to be more agile as well. So it sort of goes hand in hand, I suppose. Exactly. I don't exactly. I don't to what you said earlier. None of this is mutually exclusive. These are all all sort of things that tie together. Um, and uh, being being dynamic and adapting to and using the tools that we're given. Uh, I think we'll, you'll see the benefits of that for sure. Um, I look forward to it for sure. Um, I know, I know we, we are dealing with hypotheticals here, Lindsay, but let's talk about maybe like the broader search landscape. Like how is this going to affect stuff like search ads? How's it going to affect like PPC and stuff like that? Are, are people going to be paying for AI featured snippets or AI citations, that kind of thing? Like where do you see things going? Yeah, again, it's too early to tell. What we do know is that obviously um, paid search is a huge, if not the biggest um, revenue driver for a Google. Um, So I think we can be confident there will be some sort of PPC in the future or some sort of ad-driven experience in these new search engines. Again, we may not know what they look like today. But um, given the importance of the ad business for these search engines, I, I can um, not imagine that they would eliminate uh, their biggest revenue stream overnight. Um, so I think for brands that may be really nervous around, oh my God, PPC 
um, drawing a ton of my revenue and is like my highest uh, ROI channel. I think you, obviously we don't know, but I would say just given the the current landscape and how search engines make their money today, um, we can be confident that there will be some sort of pay to play experience going forward. And that may look very different, but again, it, as long as you have get the internal folks that can adapt to whatever those new type of ads look like, however they work, and as long as you can measure the efficacy of them, um, you'll be in a good place going forward. But again, a lot of this stuff is it's too soon to tell, which is a, I think, an exciting. It's very exciting, but I can I can understand why it makes folks feel um, anxious, and again, especially in a year where we're all being asked as marketers to hit bigger goals with less, um, having this and all this change on top of it can definitely be, um, be definitely be nerve wracking. Um, but I don't think we will be, uh, we'll lose some of our biggest revenue streams overnight. Um, and we will, as long as we have the, the internal capacity to absorb that and, and adapt accordingly, I think folks will, folks will come out um, stronger on the other side. I mean, yep, yeah, we've, um, spent like the last half a decade adapting to really crazy times as marketers and big changes so this is what's another one at the end of the day exactly and we've all had to adapt or we're continuing to adapt like i mean this is i think one this topic on ai has come up rather quickly in sort of the start of the year here um but we've been talking about other big changes are a cookie-less world there's obviously all the gdpr privacy compliance things so we as marketers are to your point very well well equipped to deal with change and again at the end of the day it comes down to are you delivering value for your customer because whatever the channel it is as long as you have um can deliver value to your customer they will come they will consume that content they will find value in it they will trust you and they will um ultimately enter your your ecosystem and your community so again whatever the changes are sort of on the the channel distribution um it goes back to that content being sort of the king there and core to your strategy. And then we'll adapt as marketers as we always do to the distribution needs. As we always do, for sure, Lindsay. So let's talk about maybe some examples of people who are doing good work on this. I know it's very early this, at this stage, but who do you think are making the most interesting moves out there at the moment? Whether it's like an individual thought leader or any like particular brands who are doing some really cool stuff with AI-generated content or AI-assisted content. I, I like to say that a bit more than generated who out there are examples that we should be looking to? Yeah, I do like the term AI assistant, and I think that's a good frame for everyone as we as we have this conversation. Um, there's a lot of folks testing with different um, AI tools out there, and rather than sort of picking on um, maybe different brands, I want to just I'll pick on some of the different use cases that I think are super interesting. Um, there's tools out there that are you can use. I think Tome is one of them for AI generated PowerPoint, um, which is a super interesting use case. I think as, as marketers, you can spend a lot of time, especially B2B marketers, um, generating PowerPoints for your sales team, also internal stuff, client presentation. So it's a great tool, not only for marketers, but also for, again, your CS team, your sales team may not be designers per se, um, but that can really unlock a lot of interesting use cases in marketing, but also just across industry. There's so much um, that happens in PowerPoint and to be able to leverage a tool to to take the time out of that is super interesting. I think there's also a lot of use cases around AI generating uh, content, but really around translation. I think um, the translation 
folks have always been a little bit wary about uh, translation services and if they're really good or if it's going to come out kind of crummy. But I think there's a lot of interesting use cases about um, using AI tools to help you adapt to local markets. Um, and there's so much um, that you can do once you have content in other languages and it unlocks a lot of growth opportunities. So I think that's a super interesting use case as well. And then same with video as well. I mean, video we all know is so, so powerful, um, but it can be really labor and costs and time intensive. And if you don't have the dedicated video person in-house or if you're using an agency, the prices get crazy pretty quickly. Um, and so to be able to unlock, uh, use AI to unlock some video capabilities is really interesting, especially for things like social and TikTok, uh, where you really need that video generated content, but it can feel very arduous when you have a lot of limited resources to um, spend a lot of time on video. So I think there's just, again, to what we said is like, there's just so many use cases and it's really about opening your mind to them and like spending the time investigating the different tools and things. There's new stuff popping up every single day around different use cases. And so um, it's about identifying what are sort of the big gaps on your team or areas of that you want to scale and trying to test like what are the different tools out there that can maybe help me do that. I know again, a video is just a great resource, a great example because it can be so labor intensive for folks. Definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, I'll need to check out some of those tools as well. The the PowerPoint generation one sounds very interesting. I definitely want to have a play around with that. So Yeah, I haven't spent that much time in it, but my team has. Um and they've been testing it and I, I saw a couple couple decks generated from it. And it's pretty cool. I would definitely check it out. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out straight after this, actually. Um, so, Lindsay, we, uh, we covered a lot. And as you say, it's early days. So we'll probably have a lot more to discuss on this topic in maybe even just a couple of months. So I'd be very happy to dig into it a bit more with you in the, in the future, Lindsay. But maybe just to sum up what we've discussed today, what are your golden rules for CMOs approaching AI applications right now? Like, what should they be thinking about? What should their priorities be? Yeah, I think... First and foremost, I think having a technically sound um, website and digital presence is really important. So whether you're optimizing for AI SEO or SEO SEO, um, or you're, um, you want your website to be technically sound, because no matter what, if your site is uh, crummy and has a lot of errors and 404s and is slow, that's going to be a poor user experience. So let's serve your foundation. Um, that is not going away. Folks should invest the calories there. Um, at Conductor, we acquired a tool last year called Content King, um, which is a, a pretty cool tool in terms of being able to detect in real time um, technical issues on your site. There's a free trial if folks are interested in that. But um, so that's sort of the first, I'd say, technical, super important. Then creating good content. Again, we'll never go out of style, whether the however the technology advances. So really focusing on creating um, high quality content around topics that are valuable for your your audience. Thin content or low quality content is never the way to go. And then last but not least, we talked about this, staying agile um, and creating a team culture around iterating and testing and sort of being the, the ever curious marketer. Uh, will will not go out of style and will always be important, especially as more and more change is definitely ahead for us. 
those those constants they always stay the same don't they that, that ever curiousness the ever curiosity it's so important and thank you very much Lindsay. this has been a great conversation uh, i've found it very illuminating i'm sure a lot of people in our audience have found it illuminating and as i said plenty more to explore on the subject in the coming months so very much looking forward to that in the future yeah once we once we get some more insight into bing and google and uh um, how the backends are going to work there uh, i would love to come back and we can talk a little bit more about that and some of the nitty-gritty there for sure lindsay I, I would be thrilled to discuss that with you and i'm sure our audience will enjoy that as well um thank you very much to our audience uh, we'll be back soon with some more cmo combos get dream data for free today by visiting dreamdata.io and start reporting what matters most revenue like what you heard from this CMO combo, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.